Thank you all for tuning in to the 289th episode of Barrett Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, however you may be listening, whether it be a Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, as always, we're going to have Landon Rhodes on, host of the On the Road Sports Show, which you guys can find on YouTube. Uh, me and Landon, we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, all the drama there. And Landon's a big Green Bay fan. Also, he was at the NFL draft a couple weeks ago. So just we're going to talk about his experience there. And we're going to get into the NBA because some of the NBA playoff games happened with the Wizards and the Celtics, the Pacers and the Hornets uh, yesterday. We're going to have the Lakers today. So we're going to talk about all that good jazz for you guys. Before we get to that, I want to say this right here, right now. Subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time listening Share this on whichever platform uh, you like to share stuff, whether it's uh, Reddit threads, uh, Facebook groups, uh, etc., etc. Follow me on Twitter at nighttrain underscore lane. I'll say it again at nighttrain underscore lane, and also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Daryl Lane, where I post my syndicate show outside the shop there, just about every day. And lastly. If you have Apple or iTunes, do yourself a favor and do me a favor. Leave a five-star review. And for some odd reason, if you don't like the podcast, like how the hell could that happen, right? Then don't say anything at all. Because you know what your mom told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Landon Rhodes. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Landon Rhodes with us, host of the On the Road Sports Show. Landon, how are you doing, man? Doing well, Daryl. Thanks for having me on again. So, the first thing I I do want to ask you is this, Landon. So, the NFL Draft. So, you got a chance to be there and kind of, like, work the draft. Like, like, first of all, what exactly were you doing? Uh, I was doing all kinds of uh, behind-the-scenes work with production, um, it was, I don't know, like driving people to the airport, uh, helping out with really anything that was needed, running uh, props to set, running, uh, I mean, honestly, running a lot of like uh, winter type gear to set because it was really cold on uh, night one. Night two and three were a little better, but um, basically just doing whatever was asked of me with the behind the scenes production. Did you get to drive anybody famous? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did, but I'm not. I don't think I'm really supposed to talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm allowed to, but I, I don't want to toe that line. So I'll just, I'll just say that yes, I definitely did. Okay. What day did you enjoy the most? Um, weather-wise, probably day three. Um, but, like, I'd have to say day one overall just because, I mean, 
the first round is obviously the most hyped up and it was the energy was awesome it was like i said weather-wise not great it was like it was honestly like raining like sideways like a lot of the day it was a mess but we made the most out of it and uh pretty sure the tv ratings were like off the charts or something for this draft so uh got done what needed to get done in the end so did you get a big chance to kind of like take in the draft like okay this is what's going on or were you really working the whole time uh, working the whole time, but, um, I mean, there's definitely times where, like, if I'm running something to set or whatever, I, I would look over and be like, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool what's going on right now, and pretty close to it, closer than, way closer than the average person, obviously, but it was just, um, I mean, work, work came first, so I definitely, like, wasn't just stopping and watching the draft or anything like that, but... It, it was awesome. Every once in a while, I would take a moment to just kind of soak it in, but then, then it's back to work. What was your big... Was there a big shock for you in the first round at all? Uh, I mean, for me, it was pick three. I really thought that all that talk was a smokescreen. I really thought Mac Jones was, was the guy uh, there, and... I mean, Lance seems good, but I, I still was pretty shocked. I honestly, I thought the Niners were just trying to throw people off with those rumors, but apparently they really meant it, so we'll see how that works out. How do you like that move? Because I, I think it's really interesting with them. They're going for a guy in Trey Lance that, like, he did not play last year. He only played one game. He was kind of shaky in that one game. Uh, he played for North Dakota State, which is double-A football. That's not even top-tier FBS Division One football. Uh, and they didn't even throw it a lot. Like, like how, how, how weird do you think that is? Like, okay, this is the San Francisco 49ers team that people think that can contend for a championship next year. And it's like, well, what are they doing with that pick? And they moved up and gave up draft capital to do so. Yeah, it seemed a little bizarre to me. But, uh, I mean, I've heard that there were different reasons uh involving like play calling i i don't know how accurate that is i didn't watch him in college obviously um and i rarely watched mac jones in college but did a few times and someone told me that mac jones all his play calls were like made for him for the most part and lance made all his own so that was something the niners liked i I haven't, like, fact-checked that, but, I mean, it sounds about right. I would assume that the Alabama system does a lot of play calling for them. Um, but I guess that's something the Niners like. Do you think this will end? Do you think he should start? Do you think he should be the starter or do you think they should go with Jimmy? Uh, that's been something, honestly. That was something I talked about on my show, like, a long time ago, like, first semester. Um, obviously not about Lance, but... I was uh, talking about early rumors that they wanted to move on to Garoppolo, and I was just talking with Dylan Dietrich about it, and I, it's a tough thing because like he led them to the Super Bowl before. Um, they paid him a lot of money. They traded for him. I mean, you're talking about giving giving up capital. I mean, they they did it for Jimmy G too. So like they're giving up like. They're giving up picks. They're giving up players like left and right for these trades, and you want it to result in something eventually. And one of these guys is probably the right answer, but I really couldn't tell you which one. And in either case, I think you're going to end up wasting 
uh, some capital because you traded for both guys in one way or another. So um, the outcome, unless they somehow have like a two-quarterback system, which I don't see happening, like no one really does that anymore. Um, I Obviously, one of them is going to probably end up not being there long-term. And I think, like, the, like, there's a couple scenarios where you see this. Like, you see, like, you know, sometimes these situations, they can get toxic. Like, you see, obviously, with Brady and Jimmy uh, in New England, there was a little bit of friction with, obviously, you know, this is a Packers fan, right? Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, there's friction. And then there's situations where there's Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, and it seems like everybody loves Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes is cool, and it works nicely. And you never know how those type of situations are going because you have a guy in these in all those situations and Jimmy G was the less in credit, obviously. He's not as in credit as Tom Brady or Brett Favre was, but he's a guy that's done things in the NFL, a guy that's won at a high level, that's shown that he can be, you know, one of the maybe the 10, 15 best quarterbacks in the league, somewhere around there, get to a Super Bowl, right? Uh, you, you know, he's, he's not, not a bad player by any means. And then they're kind of like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We expect you to still be professional, but you're going to have to, we're going to get somebody to eventually replace you, and we want you to kind of help him out. You know, that's not necessarily human nature in any walk of life. You wouldn't expect people to necessarily go, you know, necessarily go with that. So how do you think that works? I honestly, the first thing that comes to mind when we're talking about this situation is last season with Tua and Fitzpatrick. It's similar. It's not... It's not identical, but it is similar. Um, it's a veteran, in Fitzpatrick's case, a much longer tenured veteran than Jimmy G. Like, Jimmy G is it's still in his prime, I would say. Although the way Fitzpatrick played some games, he looked like he could be in his prime. That, that's a whole other conversation. But, and I, I don't know, the understanding in Miami, I think, was a little more like, your career is coming to an end, and this is our rookie and that's kind of like the key difference, I think, is like Jimmy G, like I said, you could say he's in his prime probably right now. So getting someone in their prime to accept that role is like a lot different than getting an aging veteran to accept that role. So I, it's, it's tough, but I mean, like I said um, earlier, I, I really think one of them's just gonna end up not being their long-term solution. And when you look at both of them, if you're a 49ers fan, you would hope that Jimmy G is the one that doesn't stick around long term. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to hope that you just use the number three pick, like you said, traded away a bunch of assets for the number three pick in the draft. Like, you got to hope that's the guy. I mean, I would think you have to. Well, and here's the situation too, Glenn. Let's say this happens. Let's say San Francisco, like, and I don't think, it, let's say they start Jimmy, right? They win all these games. I don't think this would shock anybody. Let's say if they're in the Super Bowl, right? If they just come off another Super Bowl season where they're in it, or, or let's say they win it, or they make it to the NFC, NFC Championship game, are you really going to move on for Jimmy? Like, how's that going to work in the locker room? Yeah, that's exactly. That's kind of what I, what I was saying earlier was like the Super Bowl, or on my show earlier this year, I said the Super Bowl, I think, complicates things a little bit. But, I mean, Jared Goff, look at him, shipped out. Like, Honestly, it seems like teams are not afraid to get rid of Super Bowl losing quarterbacks. Now, winning is a whole other thing, and that's unfortunate. But, I mean, I also think you could say neither Jimmy G nor Jared Goff were the strengths of those Super Bowl teams. They weren't. They got the job done, but I think the defenses were really what uh, led both those teams. 
And in Jimmy G's defense, the Niners were super banged up last season. Like, I think the 49ers had some of the worst injury luck in the entire NFL last year. So if you want me to, like, make an argument for Jimmy G, it would probably be largely based around that. I mean, I, the Niners team last year was just so banged up. I don't even think it was really a fair chance there. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jimmy G himself was banged up, right? I'm, yeah, I'm he was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, it's it wasn't really a, uh, a great season for basically anyone on the Niners last year. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then kind of next out of the break on Barbara Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Landon Rhodes with us. So, Landon, last time I had you on the pod, we were touching on this a little bit. Aaron and Green Bay, if Aaron feels slighted, if Aaron's upset, the whole Jordan Love debacle. And then, I think the day of the draft, or maybe it was the, the day before the draft, then this news drops, huge bomb drops out there. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. So, I just want, to, want you to play this back in your mind for me, Landon. When when you heard it, what was your first reaction? Uh, my first reaction was, I, I guess I need to see the sources on this. And I, I don't know if the sources were 100%. I mean, I, someone told me the other day that, um, that Schefter actually said that he didn't have sources on that. I have not fact-checked that myself. Um, but I would be, if there are sources, I definitely would be interested to look into who they are. But, I mean, I believe it at the same time. Um, I mean, we've already been talking about it for a while. My big thing is just, like, where is he going to go where he has a better chance uh, to win a Super Bowl than Green Bay? And in my opinion, and, yeah, I'm a little biased, but I, I don't really think there's a better place for him to have a chance to win a ring right now than Green Bay. I've heard some people mention... Denver. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. Do you think Aaron has a right to be upset? Because I think there's some people that think, you know, like, you know, they're 13-3 the last couple of years. You know, he just needs to get the job done. And then people say, you know, they've never drafted a player in the first round besides Jordan Love during his tenure, uh, an offensive player. Uh, do, do you think, like, where do you stand in terms of that? Do you think Aaron has a right to be, you know, as pissy as he is right now? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I see both sides because, like, the wide receiver thing is pretty ridiculous uh, how little, uh, obviously, first-round talent they've used on him. By little, I mean zero. Um, like, that's, that's a horrible thing. But at the same time, other than that, I feel like the Packers have done everything they should do. I mean, they've given him huge contracts. They've... I mean, they've surrounded him. The O-line has gotten a lot better over the years. The, the Packers O-line there for a little bit was horrible. It's it's pretty good now, honestly. And it's not – I mean, this is the other thing I would say. It's not like getting a good defense hurts the quarterback in any way. Like, it takes pressure off him. So, like, 
do I think the focus has been a little too defensive, and particularly in like the first round? Probably, but I mean, the, again, the Packers, just like the O-line, the defense used to be horrible. So they have now built a very good defense, like the Smith and Smith, Zedarius and uh, Preston, they're great. I mean, we, we have the secondary that's getting better. I mean, got kind of exposed in the NFC Championship, but that was just like, I don't know, I feel like that was kind of a fluke. But like, I guess my point is like, they are still helping him by drafting good defensive players and in terms of like have their draft picks panned out whether they're offensive or defensive yeah I mean generally the Packers have been drafting pretty good so like I get what Rodgers is saying but like like instead of being mad about like trying to draft defensive players that do pan out well like we could have drafted a first round wide receiver who was out of the league in three years for all we know like it could be worse, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, drafting a solid defensive player helps Rodgers out a lot more than potentially reaching on a first-round wideout that doesn't stick with the team. And this is all hypothetical, but I guess I would just summarize what I'm saying is, like, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. And I think, too, and I think if you look at this, I think, too, maybe his frustration, too, and tell me if you think I'm wrong here from off base, like, uh, for example, like Green Bay, I- I'd say they're one of the more conservative organizations. Like, they're not a team that they don't plunge on free agency. They're not really going out and making trades. And I kind of think of, you know, New England a couple years. I mean, there was times where they're like, okay, we need to move. They trade for a guy like Akeem Tlaib, who at that point was like around, you know, one of the you know top five corners in the NFL. Or they make a move for Darrell Revis for that one year, and they end up winning a Super Bowl, right? And it's like, you know, we, we, we're making a move right here. Like, Green Bay's not really out here trying to make moves like that. I guess getting that big-time move. Yeah, generally not. They're pretty conservative about things. I mean, I'm trying or, to... Or the, or the Patriots are like, hey, let's get Randy Moss for a year, you know? like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can't really think of when the Packers have done something like... I mean, like Julius Peppers would probably be the closest. He was pretty old at that point, although he was still really good. But um, the Packers generally don't do that. Zadarius Smith, like both of the Smiths, like I mentioned, they were free agent signings. They're actually really good, um, but I wasn't even too familiar with them um, when they signed him. I probably should have been, but um, he's amazing, honestly. So they have made some free agent signings, but I don't know. I Also, watching the NFC Championship, there were just some points where I was like, quite honestly, like Rodgers wasn't getting the job done. And like, I love Rodgers. Like, he's probably my favorite quarterback of all time, but... I just I was like picturing what the media headlines were about to be of this game and thinking they were probably gonna blame everyone but Rodgers and that was a pretty accurate assessment and like he's great but there were some chances to win that game where like quite honestly he just didn't get it done and there is blame to go around there always is but I I do think sometimes not enough blame is given to Rodgers and I will defend him like almost every time in most areas but I still would agree that like generally he kind of like avoids most blame and it's like at the end of the day you are the leader of the team I mean you've been leading this team the entire season so then you lose one game away from the Super Bowl and just decide like you don't even want to be there anymore I don't know it's not 
I, I don't really agree with it. No, no, it's not the best look in the world, but I also do want to say that. I mean, Aaron also, like whether you love or hate Aaron or where you think he stands in like terms of being a quarterback, I think everybody can agree he's a little bit of a, you know, a little kind of a, a jerk, a little prickly of a personality, maybe even a little Kobe-ish, uh, you know, early Kobe-ish. Michael Jordan likes to where some people, you know, kind of just might not like him. I, I mean, like, he stopped talking to his family, you know, because I get like, so, so I mean, it, you know, I mean, I mean, if somebody's willing to not talk to their brothers and sisters and just be like, you know, F all you guys, it wouldn't shock me if they're just like, hey, F you too, Green Bay, you upset me too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, the, I, the guy that can cut off their family can cut off anybody <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, I, I, I do think there, I mean, it's been widely reported his uh, personality at times has been a little bit like that and I feel like there's got to be some truth to it because of how frequently it comes up I I just can't imagine that like bold-faced lies like that have been circulating for so long I think I mean he is funny like I watch him on um, Pat McAfee's podcast he's like I think he's really funny and he's really smart um, but there, there definitely might be a little bit of a I don't even know how to describe it, but a certain streak to his personality where he takes things maybe very personally, uh, something like that. Yeah, no, and I would say, like, you know, I mean, like, I feel for, like, LeBron. Like, I think most people that, that work with LeBron like LeBron on a decent level. Like, I, Or, you know, if you go back to the Kobe analogy, right? Like, I think if you ask people how they felt about working with Kobe, I think you'd get a lot of different answers. Some people would be like, yeah, he was cool. Others would be like, kind of a jerk. I don't really mess with the guy. Like, that's kind of like Aaron. Like, I, it doesn't shock me that you could find people that are like, yeah, he's kind of an a-hole. Like, yeah. Which is fine, which is fine, you know, you know, his job isn't there to necessarily, you know, appease everybody too, but I do want to ask you this, uh, and I was looking at this uh, a couple of weeks ago, Aaron's only played with, I don't even think he's played with about 10 Hall of Famers in his career, like, yeah. well, why agree? not many, not many, he hasn't played with many, and, and you look at somebody, and there's always this analogy because their careers have intersected, the other number twelve, Tom Brady. And I was like, this, like Tom Brady's played with like almost thirty, something like that. And I was looking yeah. at this, and I was like, guys, and, and by Hall of Famers, I mean guys who not necessarily are in the Hall of Fame, but have been on a Hall of Fame ballot, have been up for Hall of Fame consideration, like have actually been on a Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, Tom Brady's played with like a, about almost about thirty of those guys, and that's not even necessarily counting guys he's playing with on Tampa Bay right now, because you don't know how Devin White's career, for example, is going to pan out. But I assume he's going to be in Canon someday, right? So like. To Tom Brady's always kind of had those type of guys. I think part of that with Green Bay's too is like I haven't always had the elite, the elite upper in talent with me. Like even guys like Greg Jennings and Donald Driver, those are good guys, but those, but but there's levels to it. Like the, the, the those aren't guys that we're ever going to say are the best receiver in the NFL, but we're saying okay, they're really good receivers. Yeah, I mean, I think. Devontae Adams is probably one of the. I'm assuming one of those ten you're talking about. Um, Jordy Nelson, I would say. I mean, those are two. I mean, they're both second-round picks, um, and they turned out to be great. But that's, I don't know. It's just, it's a tough thing because, I mean, Brady's been in the league longer as well. I mean, the team that he was, I mean, the Patriots in 2001, that team already had, like, some key pieces in place, I would say. Um I mean, keep in mind, the Patriots were in the Super Bowl in 1997, so they were four years removed from 
a Super Bowl appearance when Brady was drafted. The Packers also actually were in the 97 Super Bowl, and that was the last one they had been to. Or no, 98, excuse me. They actually made it back-to-back. But, um, so 1998 was the last one they'd been in when by the time Rodgers got drafted. So, I mean, I, I would say, like, there were some pieces in place for Brady right away, including Hall of Famers, for sure. I mean, I'm just thinking about, like, I'm assuming some of the ones you're talking about, um, Rodney Harrison. Ty Law, you know, you know Richard Ty Seymour. Law, yeah, Junior Seau. Um, Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, also, while we're talking about that, it goes back to my point about the defensive players. Like, man, Rodgers, he can get mad about not drafting wide receivers, but all those Hall of Fame defensive players played a huge role in Brady getting some rings. Like, it's, I don't know, it's a team game, and the Packers have drafted wide receivers well in other rounds. Not trying to get off topic here, but... Like I said, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, both absolute, like, stabs late in drafts. Like, well, not late in drafts, but later in the first round. Um, so, like, I don't know. It just really depends, like, when you break that down, those 30 that Brady's played with, I'd be willing to bet that over half are defensive players. Do you think that's accurate? Uh... I'd say most of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, most of them. I would say most of them are defensive players. I mean, I think there's a couple offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, you know, there's Moss. I think Wes Welker's on the ballot, actually. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. going to get it. I mean, people think Julian Edelman's going to eventually. I, I don't know about that. But, you know, obviously Gronkowski, uh, Moss. I mean, Aaron Hernandez, you could make an argument if he didn't have his whole thing. He'd be on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He, he had that type of ability. Like, like was, you know, Aaron Hernandez like a top three tight end at the times like him Gronk and Jimmy Graham Graham something like that like Aaron Hernandez was pretty yeah. freaking good I mean he played with Corey Dillon who was really good I I, I mean you know Brady's had some guys I mean, Brady's had a lot of guys Brady's had a lot of guys yeah which which I you know and even this too and I think people forget about this and you know I'm on more of the camp that Tom Brady's the GOAT but I think people you know forget like you know when they were winning those early Super Bowls in the 2000s like that Raiders game, it was like, what was it, like 12 to 9 or something like that? Like, it, it, it wasn't like Tom Brady was, you know, carrying the team, you know, or or even people forget, like, in the AFC Championship game that year, they had to pull him, and they put Drew Bledsoe in, and Drew Bledsoe took the game home. Mm-hmm. Like, like you had to pull, like, like, like you know, the Brady now isn't what we saw then, like, you know, they, they had really freaking good teams, and they were really, really well coached, and obviously, you know, they had some, you know, a little bit of cheating too, but, like... <laughs> But, but, like, they, they had guys. Like, I don't think Aaron's ever necessarily had that for a stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it just, there's so many levels to it, it's hard to really even break down. But, I mean, so a point I was kind of thinking about while we were just talking about this is, like, Brady's number one receiver, uh, I believe, for all three of the early Super Bowls, like, I'm talking like 01, what was it, 01, 04, 05, uh, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, it was Dion Branch, right? Uh, at least for the latter ones, I'm not... Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, he won, wasn't he Super Bowl MVP for one of them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and what was Dion Branch? A second round wide receiver. Yeah. Like, there you go, like, I'm sorry Rogers, but Brady did it with Dion Branch, dude, like, 
And, I mean, to be fair, Rodgers did it with Jordy Nelson. I mean, he won the Super Bowl with Jordy Nelson playing a large role. As I mean, that had Jennings, Driver, all those guys, too. But, I mean, Jordy Nelson was the big target in that Super Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, he's done it before. But, I'm, and, I mean, that kind of – I mean, that's a whole other point to make there. It's like Rodgers himself has won a Super Bowl with receivers that aren't first-rounders before. So, like – Clearly, he knows it can happen. We've seen Brady do it. It's like we he himself knows from experience that he can do it. So it's like, what is it at this point? Like, are you throwing in the white towel? Or like, what exactly? Like, you just can't do it anymore because you're not your 2010 self? Or like, what exact message is he really sending here? I think he's just pissed at the organization. I think he's just pissed at the organization. I think there's a lot of stuff for it. And by the way, also, do you think Aaron is actually going to play for Green Bay next year? Yeah, I think he will. I, I think there's like a I think there's a standoff, but I think something will get worked out. I'm hopeful that it will. Uh, I mean, I don't really think Jordan Love is quite ready yet. And, I mean, like I said, Rodgers is my favorite. I'd like to see him end his career in Green Bay. Um, but, I mean, we're just going to have to see. I guess the... The optimist in me is saying yes. How bad would that damage his legacy if he just didn't show up in Green Bay? Um, it wouldn't really. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of at a point where I can't get too mad about stuff like that anymore. I mean, I was really upset when LeBron did his whole thing back in the day. Um, but that that's not the same as not showing up. But, um... I don't know, and then we all saw what ended up happening. He ended up coming back and everything. So I try to keep myself kind of even keeled about stuff like that. But it doesn't help his legacy. But I, it's not like that. Like takes away the Super Bowl or all the great seasons we got to watch of his. So um, I don't know. For me personally, his legacy would be fine, but it would be disappointing. Is there any package that a team could offer Green Bay where you think, okay, that's acceptable? I was seeing some of the ones that were supposedly offered. Actually, we were talking about the 49ers. Weren't they, weren't they one of the ones that supposedly offered like a pretty large pre-draft package? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that honestly, that, would, that one would make more sense to me than almost any other team just because Rodgers grew up a Niners fan. He's a California guy, um, all that stuff, but... I'd have to see the package, and it would have to be substantial. I mean, this is the reigning MVP we're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, the reigning MVP who is on the back end of his career. So there is a little asterisk there. Uh, it's not like we're trading away like a prime MVP, but all the same. I mean, but, but a I, valuable player. I will say this, Landon. I mean, he's, a, he's a, unquestionably, in my opinion, a top three quarterback in the NFL. He's unquestionably a top three quarterback in the NFL. So I, I, don't, I don't think you just trade guys. And, and the team was 13-3 and three the last two years. So I, I don't think given that, you're, you're just like, oh, hey, let's just give him away. I, 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 I think you have to be very careful when you do that because there's not a whole lot of guys that are like, you know, there's Patrick Mahomes, like Russell Wilson, like, you, you know, like after that, you're, you're not really, there's not, there's not a whole lot of other guys that can do things, even Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady right now is better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think it's close. Aaron Rodgers outplayed him to me in the, in the championship game. Brady just had the better team. Like, like I, I think, I think Aaron, you're having a guy who's like, you know, is going to be one of the top three guys at the position. I, I don't think you necessarily just give that up like that. Yeah, I don't think you do either. But I mean, it's kind of 
relate, relates to Brady in some ways in like you would almost need like a pre-made team to like slide him into. I mean, that's basically what the Buccaneers did. I mean, they just they made a pretty stacked team outside of Brady himself even. Brought in some familiar faces for Brady that you know that he already knew, and I mean they were good to go with Rodgers. I just don't see a team that they could trade him to where I feel like it's a just like slide in the MVP quarterback into the lineup and you're good for a Super Bowl. Like I just I the Niners certainly don't seem like that team to me, and I'm sorry the Broncos don't seem like that team to me either. The closest thing would be the Packers. That's my opinion. I feel like the best chance he has to win a Super Bowl is the Packers. And I mean, from a familiarity standpoint, of course, he's played for us forever. I mean, I I guess like what I'm just saying is like a team to trade for him would really need to be a we're just missing a great quarterback and we could be a Super Bowl contender. And I just don't see that right now, especially after the Niners just drafted a quarterback. It would make even less sense. And I don't think that they're that close to a Super Bowl, even if Rodgers was added. And also, Rodgers, he hasn't liked the Green Bay management specifically. I think he wants one of their, I'm forgetting his name, Couscous or whatever. I think he wants some of those guys gone. Do you think Aaron should have the power to say, you know, no moss, like you guys are gone? That's what keeps Yeah, I mean, I'd give it to him. I (laughs) I think he's he's earned it. So he's earned the right to have, like, the LeBron veto power. Like, you're gone, you stay, you stay. That's how we're doing it. Everyone's happy. I don't know. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying. Like, I feel like the Packers haven't made bad draft decisions. Like, they've drafted well. Rodgers is just upset because it hasn't involved a first-round receiver. Or at least that's what people are saying. I don't really – I don't know the real reason he's upset, and very few do. But if it has to do with that, I mean – I mean, I've already covered it. I think he just needs to realize that drafting good defensive players is helping him. Just He's just not throwing them the ball. That's literally it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another break. And kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports, we still Landon Rhodes with us, and now we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. Regular season's over. We're getting into the postseason. We just had the playoff games. Uh, Wizards, uh, Pacers, Hornets, Celtics, they all played last night. Tonight, we're going to have the Spurs, Grizzlies, Warriors, Lakers. But first, Landon, I just want to know your thoughts of the playing games in general. Do you like them? Do you like the fact that teams can play in or 7th and 8th teams can you know lose their spot in the playoffs, or do you just like the regular traditional seating? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm never the type to complain about more sports, so, I mean, I'll take it. I, I think it's exciting, and it's a little bit different, and, I mean... Anything that can really help, like, a team prove their overall worth, I think, is, I mean, a good thing. Like, imagine a team that got in off the play and they go all the way. 
uh, NBA champions, you know, like, no one can question that you deserved it, like, you even went that next step, so, like, I mean, I guess on the flip side, they could be a little more tired than a team that's been, like, waiting around in the upper seats, but... I mean, that's kind of just how it is. Usually upper seats are rewarded for their upper seat, you know, like bye weeks and other, or no, well, yeah, bye weeks and other sports, like when they wait till the um, the middle round to play. So, I don't know. I'm not against it. I know LeBron apparently was, but I also heard that he was for it like a while back. So, sounds kind of to me like he's flip-flopping on it based on whether his team will be involved or not. Yeah, well, also, here's the one thing I will say against the playing game. Uh, for a team, because it's only going to be featured, like the 7th and 8th team. So I guess the argument is, for a 7th or 8th seed particularly, they would be like, why should we have to play again to get in the playoffs when we're already the 7th or 8th? In some years, there could be a year where you have a 7th and 8th that like have clearly shown through the regular season. Like There's a huge gap, like let's say in the number of wins, like the you know games back from the 8th and the ninth seed, or the 7th and the 10th, or the 7th and the 8th, where it's like, okay, we shouldn't even have to play in. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe they could add, I don't know, it gets really complicated, but they could add something like, based on the separation and wins-losses between the two, maybe some years they don't need it or something. I know that would be like a little inconsistent year to year, but that, I mean, that's the first solution that popped into my head. Yeah, because I, I do think there is an aspect that, like, you know, and like every year is different, but like, you know, some years, like maybe... You know, the seventh seed is clearly shown, like, in terms of, you know what I mean? Like, like, like mm-hmm. they have a far better record than the other team, so it's like, why should they have to play again? Yeah, I mean, I, I get the frustration, for sure, but I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I, as a spectator, I'm still not complaining about more basketball. And also, what I do think this really good thing this does, I think it helps eliminate tanking to some extent. Like, if you're the ninth or the 10th, or even you're 11, 12 back in the standings, you can fight for that ninth and 10th spot to have a chance to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We- yeah, that's, I mean, I always like to keep the competition going. I mean, let's be honest, the NBA and honestly, NBA and NFL in particular do kind of have a tanking problem right now. And I think giving teams a legitimate chance to make the playoffs as long as possible into the season is a very good thing. Although we kind of saw, like, the Raptors, for instance, were kind of borderline tanking, I felt, while they still had a chance to make the plan. So that was kind of uh, disappointing to see. I mean, they were really banged up, so I think they were just being like extra cautious with a lot of their players but it's the tanking issue is real so from that perspective i totally get the plan now in in terms of this what i do want to ask you so the lakers they're going to be in the playing game uh and they're going to be on the road right either i i assume you know right you're on with me that they're they're either going to be the seventh or eighth they're not gonna you know blow this whole thing well, that'd be crazy. But uh, uh, if they're on the road, they're going to be on the road, you know, to open the playoffs at Utah or at Phoenix. Are you going with the Lakers in round one? Oof. Um, Phoenix, yes. Utah, no. So you um, think Utah could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series? I, yeah, I do. 
it's just, I mean, Utah, I mean, both of them are really good. The, the Suns are good, too. I I don't know. I think AD has a much better matchup on, like, Aiton than he does on Gobert, uh, for one thing. And I also think more of a veteran team uh, for the Jazz. I mean, obviously, Chris Paul, like, at the helm, like, that's that's veteran like summed up into a person right there but like aside from him like the the Suns this is the first time in the playoffs for a lot of them Uh, the Jazz have been there I mean the Jazz have pulled honestly the Jazz have pulled some playoff upsets in past years I think uh, what they beat the Thunder right one year that no one thought they were yeah Donovan Mitchell's rookie year they beat the Thunder yeah exactly so like that's Donovan Mitchell's rookie year like he's for even their youngest player, like, I, I don't know if he's their youngest player or not, but one of their younger players on the Jazz in the starting lineup, certainly, he's already even been in this place before. Like, the Jazz are a veteran team, and I have a little more faith in them to give the Lakers trouble than the Suns, although, don't get me wrong, the Suns aren't going to make it easy on them either. So you don't think that LeBron is just going to flip that switch when he goes nuclear and he's like, it's playoff time. Because you know from the Cleveland days, Landon, when LeBron, when it's playoff time, playoff LeBron is very different. Yeah, he could. I mean, this LeBron we haven't really seen before in terms of like coming off a like pretty large-scale injury. Uh, so I don't know how his training regimen is, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can find that gear when he's been missing so many games. I mean, he hasn't been back very long at all, so I hope he can find that gear. I'm rooting for him, but I just I don't think we've seen him in this position before. But also, too, like, I guess, cause I don't know how the COVID thing is going to work with fans in the arena. Like, how full are some of these stadiums going to, like, like, you know, some of these arenas are, are, are going to be, like, you, you know, uh, if they're on the road, are Utah going to be a packed house there? Is home court going to be that big of a deal? Probably not. Um, I mean, yeah, probably not. They We just saw that with the bubble. I mean, obviously, no fans for that. Um, but, I mean, it goes both ways because, you know, like the games, if there were fans, hypothetically, like the games in L.A. would be crazy, too. So, and I mean, home court advantage, you play more at home than away. But just saying, like, it, it kind of goes both ways, though, at the same time. It's almost like every game is, like, a neutral game. I mean, it it goes both ways. So I want to go to the East quickly. So the Wizards lost the Celtics. The Celtics are going to play Brooklyn, and now the Wizards are going to play the Pacers. Uh, who do you have in that game, Pacers versus Wizards? I think the Wizards had the momentum right now. Um, Sabonis on the Pacers is just an absolute like killer. That guy is insane. But I just, I just don't know if he can do it. I, I actually like I tend to overrate the Pacers every year. I think it was last year or two years ago. I said I thought the pace. I think it was last year. I actually thought the Pacers were going to come out of the East for the finals. Oh. And I, I think injuries derailed a lot of that, like Oladipo and all that. I mean, 
But I tend to overrate the Pacers. It seems like year to year. So I'm going to go Wizards. It seems like Westbrook's just on a tear right now. Um, Beal, I mean, but nobody on, like, in terms of, like, the big men for the Wizards is going to stop Sabonis. Uh, I mean, Miles Turner is still out for the Pacers, so they themselves don't have their starting five right now. Um, but... Oh, man, it's it's tough. I, Sabonis is going to destroy them. The the Wizards just cannot stop a big man for their life. But I think Westbrook and Beal will make up for that with their offense. And I think that's going to be the difference. Although the Pacers looked great. I think the Pacers put up like 144 points or something last game. Now, I do have to ask you this about the Wizards and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, you know, the Wizards, they were a bad team for most of the year. Then Russell Westbrook kind of willed them willed them into this situation going on triple double streak i think he's going to be the first player ever to average a triple double for like over the span of four straight years what do you and russell westbrook's been a much maligned player a highly controversial player over the years what do you think his legacy is um that's a tough one i mean currently like obviously mr stats like the guy is a a stat machine but it's just a matter of can he I mean he won an MVP too so he does have a little hardware but in terms of like rings I mean that seems to be what it really comes down to with a lot of these players but I mean you know Charles Barkley's an analyst for TNT and he doesn't have any rings I mean and people recall him fondly there there are some players without rings that have like great legacies and I would personally say that like Westbrook has had a better career than Barkley, for instance. So, like, I think the best we can do right now in terms of, like, estimating his legacy is basically do what I just did, which is compare him to other players that didn't win, or excuse me, didn't win a ring and tell me if you think he had a better career than them. Because right now, I can't think of any players without a ring that I think had a better career. I mean, I guess you could say Mello. Like, could I mean, Harden? Harden, oh yeah, right now. I mean, Harden. I mean, they're the same age, basically. He's younger. He's a little younger, but um, yeah, I guess Harden. If he doesn't get a ring, Carl but, Malone, uh, Patrick Ewing. I don't know. In terms of like retired players, I guess uh, Mello isn't quite retired. So like Barkley was like the first one that came to mind. And I just I think Westbrook has a better legacy than any I can think of, really. Do you think it's a better legacy than Malone? Oof. Yeah, I think so. When it's all said and done, definitely. Right now, it's it's a little bit of a toss-up for me right now, but by the time he retires, yeah. And, and also, I, I will say this. I know we, we do say rings are, are the end-all, be-all, but like, it's not like Russell Westbrook like hasn't won. He, he played in the finals. He's been to multiple high-level Western Conference finals. Uh, he's been to the playoffs. A bevy of different times. How many times has he missed the playoffs in his career? Like Westbrook and yeah, not very many. Yeah. So 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 it's not like when, you know when we say you know like like when we use the term winner, it's not like when when he's on teams like they're just you know they're bad teams and and he's been on some teams where you know you look at the talent. It's not like you know when Kevin Durant left, it wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion. But I think you know too. I, I think I, I think we do over criticize Russell Westbrook. Can yeah, he be, can, I mean, the Wizards were not supposed to be good this year at all, and they weren't really to start the year. They kind of 
it came on late in the year and he came on late in the year. It was literally a direct correlation. So, And, you know, something, too, I think people should appreciate about Russell Westbrook is he doesn't always play smart, but he plays freaking hard. Like, he, he never really misses games. He always plays in a league of low manager. Does Russell Westbrook ever load manage? He's always out there. You know, sometimes he's turned the ball over 12 times, but he's still out there. He gives you money's worth. Like, Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, the best, like, Russell Westbrook is, like, what we're seeing now. And, like, the worst Russell Westbrook is, like, what we're seeing, um, what, Western Conference semis last year. Like, the Lakers were just, or, or was it the Western Conference finals, actually? Oh, last year was the semis against the Lakers. Okay, yeah, that he was a mess in that game. Like I literally, or those games, I totally got where all the criticism was coming. Watching that, but like now watching him now, it's like this is the great side of Russell Westbrook. So it's you you get a little bit of both with him, but hopefully he can keep keep this version of himself going here and uh, take it into the playoffs. Hopefully, and he, another guy I thought of, Chris Paul, right? Yeah, that is another one. Uh, that one's a little close, too. I mean, again, not retired, but I'd probably... I think Chris Paul's had a better career. I think Chris Paul's had a better career than Russell Westbrook, personally. Yeah, I would say so, too, I think. I mean, maybe not. I don't think he was at his best. I mean, obviously, Russell Westbrook has the MVP. Probably at their best, Russell Westbrook, you know, might have been better, but I, I think... Chris Paul, you know, throughout his career. I mean, Chris Paul was pretty... I think people forget how freaking good Chris Paul was. <laughs> like, like, and still is, actually. Like, like Chris Paul is really freaking good at basketball. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Chris Paul, I mean, hopefully he gets a chance here in the playoffs. I would love to see the Suns make a championship run this year. I, I don't know if it's in the cards or not, but... Um, I, I mean, I was really rooting for him hard last year with the Thunder, and they, I mean, you want to talk about, again, like what, what Westbrook's doing, traded to a new team, not really supposed to do anything this year, and Paul took him um, pretty deep there, and this year, Westbrook with the Thunder, or excuse me, with the Wizards, basically same scenario, traded to uh turned into a team that was not supposed to do anything and he's leading up so in terms of uh the mvp are you still with joker yeah i am he hasn't done anything to i mean curry is on a very hot streak but jokic is he's done nothing to like get out of the lead like he's i don't know curry like credit to him he's what he was the western conference player of the month or something i'm pretty sure yeah do do you think there should be more and good deal back to chris paul and you mentioned this uh a couple times a couple weeks ago when you were on my podcast should we not be talking about chris paul more because because you know the the more i think about it you know i don't know if necessarily the raw stats are there but the impact is there this is a team that wasn't in the playoffs last year now they're like the two seed in the west yeah i mean the honestly like it's almost like a Tom Brady type thing. I feel like they had a like honestly a good team around around they have a good team around Chris Paul, but it's they needed like that leader, like that veteran who still got some game left as well in the tank, obviously. And I think it was just a really good fit. Um, and it worked. 
I mean, if we see him win the NBA Finals, I really think that like the Phoenix, this year's Phoenix Suns, if they win the Finals, are uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we just saw, like of basketball. Um, it, it's I think it's a decent comparison, and but you need the veteran to do their job, and Chris Paul has done more than done his job. He's taken them. I mean, I, he's definitely in the MVP discussion. Chris Paul was never my MVP, but he was for months now. He has been my not talked about enough uh, dark horse candidate. And I think putting him in the three spot of the MVP race is not unreasonable. And, you know, the one thing I will say about Chris Paul, I guess the best way to compare this to is that, Landon, you play NBA 2K at all? Yeah. It's like if you pick Chris Paul on your team and then like he bumps everybody's overall but like by like five points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Th- th- that's the way I kind of compare. Like he just makes people better. Yeah, he does. He's a great passer. And I mean, that's the thing. Westbrook, I still don't think is viewed in that way. That's like one difference between them. And I mean, he gets triple doubles, so you would think like that's obviously helping your teammates. But like, cause, I mean, minimum 10 assists, right? Like a game. But he Westbrook has not been able to exactly shake the like selfish stat padding. Um, I guess I mean what, what would you call it? Just like a an image that follows him. I, like I don't think Russell Westbrook's selfish. I guess what I'd say is Russell Westbrook's not like Chris Paul. Like what I said in terms of he's if he's on your two K team, your guys' percentages aren't going up five points. That's not happening. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but but what what I would say is I think Russell Westbrook. Does I don't want to say he doesn't have the the basketball IQ that Chris Paul does, but but I just think in terms of you know just the flow of the game, game situations, understanding what's going on, like okay, like DeAndre and he's playing really hard on defense. Let's get him the ball this possession. Let's make him feel a part of the team. Just like little stuff like that where Chris Paul like understands as the leader of the team, he has the ball in his hands, he's controlling. Russell Westbrook is just like that crazy out of Holland, just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of Chris Paul, like it's more nuanced, like. Like, okay, like, this person needs to get the ball on this possession no matter what. Blah, 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 just stuff like that, just in terms of the context of what they're doing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, it's I, They're two very different players, but they also are similar in some ways. But it's I definitely not all of them get the, the credit. I mean, neither of them, I would say, honestly, get the credit that they deserve fully. Um, but I do think... Paul is embraced as like an OG kind of Westbrook. I don't even think is considered like an OG yet. So I think that's something worth monitoring here as uh, Westbrook gets into like the, I mean, he is a veteran, but like maybe the late stages of his career is just watch and see if the image around him starts to change a little bit at all. Um, because I could very easily see that happening. Maybe more people come to appreciate him uh, later in his career. And lastly, what I want to ask you is this, Len. Are you looking forward with Harden coming back, the Harden free throw, Halapalooza? Uh, are you looking forward to that, Landon? I am not. I'm, I'm really not a fan of that. Although I thought the NBA cracked down on like the whole like throwing yourself into the defender thing. Did they not introduce something? Yeah, they did a little bit. Okay, yeah. So maybe it'll be less than it was. Last year was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, but 
But yeah, I'm I'm optimistic that maybe they're on that a little more, and hopefully he doesn't re-injure himself when something like that because. I mean, it's risky. You can land on someone's foot trying to get a foul call. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that free throw free throw game. But we'll just see, and hopefully it's uh, not as bad as it was last season. Yes, sometimes the refs need to chill. But uh, I, I call it the Harden. But you know what's interesting? I, I think Harden's having a new generation of young protégés. Look at Trey Young. <laughs> yeah, see the leading score in the NBA throwing himself into people the younger generations are going to try it which is why they need to stop it because <laughs> <laughs> Trey Young's got to do it it's like Trey Young's got to like be a little bit of a baby hearted <laughs> yeah I mean Trey Young's got to be careful he's he kind of got some weak ankles too he's already had some injuries in that area that's what I'm saying like I get it but like you can legitimately hurt yourself doing that Landon, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And once again, I want to thank Landon Rhodes for coming on the show. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 289th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.